Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some ways you can avoid making some costly mistakes in your business. I'll go over some strategies that I use, and these are time-proven strategies that work in all categories of your business. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I think it would be too far to say don't trust anybody, but you do meet a lot of people and they're new to you that you don't have any kind of reference from. And there's sometimes where you're putting in equipment or doing things in someone's backyard. And some of these things will cost you a lot of money if the customer doesn't come through on their end and pay you. Now, most people, I would say, have a certain level of decency where if they get a service rendered, they're going to pay you. But then, of course, there's the minority. And you may run into some of these people or you may have run into some of these people already that find ways to kind of fudge things and get away with paying you. And this can happen to anyone out there, of course. But there are certain things that are red flags, and you should take note of them. I think especially when you're meeting someone for the first time, your first impression is usually the correct impression. I mentioned this book before. It's by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. And it's really a book that doesn't fit into a business category. It's not a kind of self-help book either. It's just a book where he analyzes, you know, the theory or the belief in first impressions. And a lot of the things he cites in the book kind of add credence to the fact that we do have this kind of sixth sense when we meet somebody that something is just not right. And so if you do meet a customer for the first time, and let's say you're doing a green pool cleanup, and you meet them and you're getting kind of these weird feelings about that person, I would say trust your gut. If, you may, if you're getting a feeling you're not going to get paid for this job, then I definitely would not take it. And you're going to save a lot of time and money by trusting your first instincts. When you go against it, usually that's when you have a problem. I'll give you another practical example here. And this happened. This is something that actually happened to me. And I went off my gut instinct on this one. And I think I saved myself from a lot of headache down the road. There was this new pool I took over. I met the wife. She was really nice. And I, you know, took the account. I didn't meet the husband yet. Everything was done without meeting. And this was actually the first day I was servicing the account. I had finished it. I was leaving the property when the husband pulled up and we started talking. And turns out he's some kind of high-powered attorney. Now, I do service for attorneys on my route before, and I never had a problem with an attorney. But this particular person came at me with an attitude that I would say is almost like he was cross-examining me. And he asked if I had insurance. I told him I did. And he asked me for a copy of my insurance, you know, my liability insurance, which I 
didn't really feel comfortable providing to him because, first of all, there's no claim to begin with. Why would he want a copy of my insurance? You know, I can certainly show proof of insurance to a person if they want to see it, but to give him a copy of my policy just didn't seem right. And so I just decided that this account was not for me after meeting him. And I think I saved myself a lot of headache because I didn't do anything. I just cleaned the pool for the first time. And if something were to happen, or if he thinks something were to happen and tries to blame me for it, I can see this getting really ugly with his personality already being this way. I don't want to deal with it. And so I stepped away and walked away. And I think in that situation, most people would have had the same feelings I had. And I think he would have the same reasoning I did that, you know, you don't want to deal with this kind of headache of this person. And if, God forbid, something were to go wrong and you have some kind of liability, this person would come after you with, you know, all guns blazing for sure. And you would lose, you know, your business in some cases. So you don't want to deal with someone like that. And I would say walk away. And I'm not saying that you don't want to take attorneys on as clients. I have many clients that I didn't even know they were attorneys until years after talking with them. And they're just super nice people. And it just depends on the person themselves and not technically the profession that that person is in. I think it's always good to bounce things off someone else. If you're married, your spouse is a perfect person to talk to about different ideas in business, you know, different things that are going on, an account you may be considering taking, run it by a buddy or a group. You know, I have a coaching program. I don't advertise it very much beyond the end of the podcast. But in this coaching program, there's a group me app you can be invited into. And there's pool pros from all over the country, Florida, Texas, um, you know, California. And they, we bounce stuff off each other all the time. And I think that is a great forum to bounce things off of other professionals. You know, I'm getting this account. You know, it's, you know, 50,000 gallons. Am I charging enough for it? Things like that are really important to bounce off of somebody because I think it's our nature. And it's one of those things of a business people, especially, I think, of thinking that we know what we're doing and we're going to take the bull by the horns and we're going to just do this and, you know, we'll take this account. And I don't think things work out really well when you look at things that way. You always have to run things by someone else. And it's one of those things that no matter what level you're at, you should be running your decision by someone else who has kind of clear sight of what's going on. When you jump in and do things without this particular aspect or this particular safety net, you're going to wind up making a lot of mistakes in business. You know, maybe you want to buy this electric truck for your company. You really like it. You know, you know that it's kind of expensive and you sat down yourself, you did the math, doesn't equate too well in your head, but you're not running it by anybody. So you go ahead and buy this truck and you end up losing hundreds of dollars every month in expenses because you bought this truck without consulting Something simple like asking someone, hey, you think I should get upgrade this truck? My truck's running perfectly fine, but I wanted to get an electric vehicle because it saves on gas. And if you ran it by someone in business that was neutral, that wasn't hot on the vehicle, they would probably tell you not to do it because the numbers just don't make any sense. But when we don't run things by people, this is when bad things happen. You know, I'm a big reader, and I just finished a book on Thomas Jefferson, who was probably one of the smartest founders of the country, but he never sent a correspondence out 
without having Madison look at it. Madison was the president after him, but also someone that he was mentoring throughout his life. And he was younger than Jefferson, but he would never send any, Jefferson would never send any correspondence out without Madison looking through it. And whatever Madison suggested as an edit, Jefferson was fine with. And I think that's a good example for us that you can be like a founding father of the country, someone well-respected, but you still run all of your correspondence through someone else to make sure that everything is going to be read correctly on the other side of it. And this goes for you when you send a message out, email or text. It's always nice if you're married to have your spouse look at the email to make sure that, number one, it makes sense. You know, if she's receiving this email, it'll make sense to her. And number two, there's nothing in that particular email that could be construed or be offensive or offending someone else. Because a lot of times when we're sending emails out, we don't really think too much about the other person receiving it how they're going to read it, you know, certain words you may use in the email, especially if a customer is behind in payments and you're a little angry and you're trying to get their their response and you text them and then you just now you resort to emailing them. An email may not be the friendliest way to ask for the, the payment. Having someone look at it is a great way for you to realize, hey, maybe this email is a little bit too angry to send and I probably won't get paid after the customer reads this email. It's one of those things where you don't have it in yourself sometimes to self-edit or self-filter. And it's always good to have someone else that can do that for you. Now, if you're not married, you can, of course, send it to another buddy who's in the industry and they can look at the email. And hopefully they're not going to say like, yeah, send that email, you know, get him, let's get him. I think they'll have a little bit more of a diplomatic approach than you would have. And this has saved me a lot in business, having someone look at an email I'm going to send I've even started sending emails to my son and he gets them in his inbox and I'm like, hey, how does that look to you? And he'll be like, no, I don't like this part. I mean, because he's 15 now, so you can actually help somewhat edit. And self-editing is really tough. If you try to edit something you've written, you won't see the mistakes there. So it's always good to bring someone else in that can see how something may be received or perceived. And in business, that's everything. The perception of the message is really important. Everyone's seen the advertising blunders of companies that, you know, want to get a message out, but they don't do it correctly, or they don't even do the right market research. And I think the same thing can happen in your business. Yes, it may be small, you might just have 80 accounts, but the message you send out to customers at Christmas time, you know, for your vacation time, everything does have a way of sounding to someone that sounds different than it sounds to you. And I think it's important to run everything by someone else, a neutral party, your spouse, you know, if you have grown kids or if you have people in the industry you respect, run that by them before you send it out, hit that send button. The same thing with any major decision you're going to make in business, always sleep on it for 24 hours, 48 hours. There's nothing I don't think that's as urgent that needs to be done immediately that you can't step back and take 24 hours to think about it. If you're like me, I get really hot on something and I, I need to get it immediately. But I use this rule for any big purchases where I'll just take 24 hours and sleep on the idea, you know. And sometimes I'll wake up the next day like, I don't think I'm going to buy this. I think this is probably not something that I need. Or I'll wake up the next day feeling, yeah, I waited the time period that I set for myself. I'm going to go ahead with this purchase. Of course, you run it by other people that are counseling you in your business. But ultimately, you don't want to buy something like right on the spot, especially if it's a big ticket item. 
you know, like a vacuum system or a portable filtration system or a new electric vehicle. All these things really have to be vented and you really have to take your time and just having like a cooling off period. And that's one reason why in California, a lot of the contracts here for just about anything you purchase that's a big ticket item has a cooling off period, you know, three days or uh, 48 hours. I think most of them have a three day cooling off period. When you sign a contract, you can cancel it within three days with no recourse because everyone knows that people do things impulsively and we kind of need that. I guess the government thinks we need to have them have that in the contracts. And so they've kind of built that in in California. But it's one of those things where it is true. Once you cool off, you may not like that deal or like that purchase as much as you thought you would have liked it. And this is something that's really important, that cooling off period before those big decisions. Something I like to do, and this is pretty elementary, is get a piece of paper and write the pros and cons of a decision. So if you're thinking about bringing on an employee to your business, you know, maybe you're at 90 pools and you're thinking of splitting some pools off and bringing on an employee, you can get a piece of paper out and write the pros and cons, you know, how much it's going to cost to have this employee workers comp, payroll, you know, how many pools does this person need? I mean, how much money am I actually going to lose at the very beginning until I build up to X amount of pools? All of this should be written down on it as something as simple as a piece of paper. One side's the pro, one side's the con. And then do a quick balance sheet to see, you know, how much money you're going to actually lose during the six months while you're building up the route for the employee. If you don't do any of this, you just hire somebody and you're like, okay, I'm going to get some accounts and we're going to grow this. You have no idea of the actual cost per pool that this employee is costing you or how many pools you're going to need to break even or how many pools you're going to need to start making a profit with an employee on board. All these are important factors. And a lot of times in business, we just get to the point where we're like, okay, I'm ready to bring someone on. But you don't really do the math. You don't do the take the time to actually think about it. And I think that's one of the keys of not making mistakes, not just writing things down, but thinking about it really long and hard. And of course, if you don't write anything down or analyze anything, you're really not going to know what you're doing. And I think a lot of businesses do fail because they try ideas. This is with any business, not just pool service. They'll try ideas, they'll go out there and do them. And then they ultimately fail, but they didn't do any of the groundwork before they launch the idea. And that's one reason why there's so much failure out there, I think. You don't really do a lot of the diligence to prevent it. One thing you can do is do a kind of compare, compare, compare. It's where you get the scenarios that you're looking at and you put them next to each other. And this is something a lot of people don't do either. And I think it's really important that you do this. So scenario one, I'll just use the employee as an example. You're ready to bring on an employee. You want to give them 30 pools. You'll do 60 and you're going to continue to build your pool route at that point. Scenario two is maybe to sell off 20 pools, stay small, continue doing your route, getting consolidated, bringing you know your route tighter, and not bringing on that employee, but shedding a few pools that are outliers that you know take too long to drive through or take too much time. And then the third option is I'm going to bring on an employee and give him 60 pools. I'll keep 30 and then I'll go out there and I'll hustle and I'll start getting more and more accounts. And then you compare all three of these scenarios together. You want to see, you know, how much money, you know, plan A makes and, or loses 
how much plan B, which is not growing, just kind of consolidating, but in a way growing because you're getting better pools and you're saving time out there and you can add more pools because they're easier pools. And then plan three, going, doing a more aggressive growth where you give the employee more pools and then you take on less work to be out there doing more bidding. And these are all th three different ways you can look at the same problem, which is that you've reached 90 pools and you want to find a solution to that. Should you grow and expand and get to 120 or 150? Or should you contract and maybe just keep the best pools, raise the rates to get rid of some of the pools that are not any good at, any good for you? They're you know too far away or take too long to clean and see if that makes more money or makes more sense. But if you don't compare, 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 you don't know which plan is better, which one would be more effective. And I think that's another aspect that you should be doing with these kind of decisions. And it's for any kind of thing you're doing with your pool route, whether you're getting an upgraded vehicle or if you're getting a vacuum system, which one to purchase, what would be the best option. You should have some way of comparing the options together and finding out what the best one is. And in the end, if you're in doubt of anything that you're doing, I think walking away is the safest thing. It's not the same as not making a decision, but it's essentially, I was going to do this, I was going to buy this truck, and I was going to upgrade all this, but I decided that it's going to just be a little bit too much, so I'm just going to walk away from the idea at this point for now. And that's perfectly fine. Walking away is not the same as not making a decision. You were going to make a decision, like taking on this account, but you met the husband, you found out that he's this high-powered attorney that's pretty aggressive. So at this point, instead of taking it and getting the monthly service fee, you're just going to walk away. Not a big loss, I don't think, in a lot of cases. And walking away sometimes saves you from your bigger mistakes in life. So keep that in mind that you can always walk away and really it's not going to affect you as badly as going through with something and realizing later that you shouldn't have done it. Looking for other podcasts that I've recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and then a menu of podcasts I've recorded will drop down there for you. With over 1,300 episodes, there's definitely something there for you to listen to. And if you're interested in the coaching program that I offer, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I grow your week, and God bless. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer.com backslash pool guy again that's get skimmer backslash pool guy skimmer everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app